Welcome to The Company We Keep, a show that highlights how women are taking unexpected paths, overcoming obstacles, and constantly curating the people, places, jobs, and things in their lives in order to design a life they love. I'm your host, Allie Bowes, and today's episode is all about my friend and high school dance teammate, Amaris Grimmy. She's sharing the initial joke that led her to try out for the high school dance team and how that experience inspired her to become a college hip-hop dancer, choreographer, and dance teacher. Dance has been her constant way of self-expression and stress relief post-high school, especially during the highs and lows of college. From a construction internship in LA, to being dismissed from Purdue, to getting back into Purdue and finishing out her degree with her personal all-time best GPA. We're celebrating the moments that led her to accomplishing her goal of graduating college, and we'll also be talking about what's next in both her construction career and dance career. So let's dive in. We have Amaris here to set the scene for everyone. We went to high school together, and we were on the dance team, and being on the dance team was such a special time. I feel like there's so many memories from that time that I just will never forget. The practices, performances, competitions. Is there a specific memory from high school dance that sticks out to you? It was the first time I got called out at practice. We were working on the competition piece and there was like one move that was a little, I guess, more hip hop than what we were doing in that section. It went from being very like strong, you know, lots of framing with the arms to a very smooth hip hop style. And Anne did not like the way it was looking. And she was like, everybody stop, Amorous come up here, show us how to do it. And I just remember feeling like I turned bright red and I was like, what? She wants me to dance in front of everybody? Like, I just joined this team. I don't know what I'm doing. I have never danced before today. (laughs) Was how I felt and I did it and everybody clapped, you know, because we all supported each other. But you, Allie, you were like, okay. And I was like, oh my God, Allie thinks I did good. (laughs) Because when I joined the team, you were like the top notch, like, oh my gosh, Allie Bowes, she's on the dance team. (laughs) I felt so cool that you thought I did good and it made me feel less like nervous. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. I would say my memories that really stick out to me are from the most important competitions, like when we're standing off to the side of the floor, we're walking onto the floor, we're taking our starting positions. And it's that moment of silence before the music comes on. And you're just hoping that your muscle memory sticks and that you remember things and that you (laughs) just absolutely kill it and that people like it. So I remember that. And then I remember, I don't even remember mid routine. I remember the moment when we all hit the final pose yeah and then there's like a moment of silence and then the crowd crowd goes wild yes (laughs) oh my gosh I know what you mean see I'm like I remember the mid-performance stuff that's what sticks out to me at competitions because we were always talking to each other on the floor and you know like yelling at each other that's what I remember you know being down in a certain move and saying we got this guys everybody breathe you know keep yeah. going hyping each other up that's what got me through I feel like I don't remember most dance performances but the competition I was so aware of what was happening in those two and a half minutes 
maybe because there was just more riding on it. It was a competition. It wasn't just a performance. You know, I like to win. So I was like, if we don't kill this, yeah. I'm going to kill us all. No. <laughs> I know. Well, that was the best part of being on a team where everyone wanted to win. Like we were all hungry. We to wanted win. it so bad. Oh my gosh. Like I've never been on a team like that either. There's always that person who doesn't care as much, but no, all of us were like equally hyped to win. And if we didn't do good, we were like, no, we got to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> that was unacceptable. Yeah. We dropped a point last week. I don't care if it was just one point. We need to fix it. <laughs> yeah. I have goosebumps. Same. Oh goodness. Those were the good days. <laughs> Those were the good days. So dance has been a huge part of your life ever since high school. And before we kind of dive into that, do you want to give a quick intro on who you are and a little bit about your background? Sure. I'm from Indianapolis. Growing up, I was an athlete my whole life. I started playing sports when I was little, so I was always playing a sport. My mom did not believe in children not having anything to do after school, so my brother and I had a sport for every season of the year, so I was never not busy. That was really my life until high school and college was just sports. I did not really do much other than school and that. All my friends were from my sports teams. Soccer was my number one sport for like 15 years of my life, though. That was my first love was soccer and funny enough high school soccer is what made me quit and then I found dance and I was like oh this is even better <laughs> wow yeah so I like shifted from I guess hardcore contact sports and moved into dance which I will say joining the dance team is what made me respect dance as a sport because I used to be one of those people I growing up as an athlete I always thought dancers were not athletes and I looked down on them and that's actually how I ended up trying out for the dance team I don't even know if you know that story <laughs> no what's the story we were, I was at a pep rally sophomore year and I was with my friends you know in the gym and I was like I can literally do that routine and my friends were like amorous that is so rude and I was like okay don't get me wrong I know they've been dancing their whole lives. I said, I can't get out there and do spins and flips. I said, but I can do this hip hop routine. That's not hard dance. And they were like, yeah, right. And I said, bet you I'll go to tryouts this year and make the team. And they were like, no, you won't. <laughs> and that's and why I did. tried. Oh my gosh. So, so it like, it started as a joke. And then I was like, wait, guys, I really like this. This is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was life's way of telling me, like, why don't you put some respect on Dance's name? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Really, it was life telling me to take a seat. So funny. Uh, Good for you. That's so cool. I mean, yeah, the dances we were doing in front of the student body were not hard. The high school performance dances, yeah, those were easy. And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, but the stuff we did at competition, now that was different. That was hard for me to learn. Yeah, that was different. And we didn't really spend that much time on the dances that we did in front of the school because it was just like, why? It was just supposed to be fun. You know, they didn't care anyway. As long as we popped our butt, they were happy. Yeah. (laughs) Make faces, pop some booty. They're cool. So after high school, you went on to Purdue. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us about your college journey and kind of what that was like? 
Starting out at Purdue, I actually went to an academic camp the summer before my freshman year for STEM majors. So, of course, I was not happy about that my last summer after high school, and I had to leave the city, so I was pretty upset. But it was worth it. It was a lot of fun. You know, I got to meet people before the school year started, which I honestly needed because growing up, I had trouble integrating into new friend groups and meeting new people. So actually, my transition into high school was pretty rough, and then going to college again was kind of rough so I was happy I had that time with like a smaller group of people to make friends and that's actually where I met my good friend Benny and she is the one who told me about to excess so dance to excess is a people don't know a dance team at Purdue it's not an official Purdue team but it's a dance club basically a co-ed team you can join anybody's open to it we don't compete or anything so she was like there's this team let's go together and we went to the call outs and that was what made me try out for 2XS. 2XS really really helped me because I didn't know what I wanted to do for a while so like I kind of felt like taking my classes was pointless for a minute like I was just taking them to take them I didn't know why I was there but I had my dance team and I had my friends so at the end of the day I was like all right I have something and so yeah 2XS was the, the biggest part of my college journey and dance in general because from there I then met other dancers in Chicago and I actually joined a dance team in Chicago one semester of the school year year there were five of us from Purdue who did it and we commuted to Chicago twice a week for practice what yeah it was wild oh my God. and actually two of them did the Chicago team and dance to excess at Purdue they had practiced like four nights a week and two of those nights was in another city so yeah we were getting wow. back to campus at like 3 a.m twice a week it was crazy and it was stressful but it was such an amazing experience. I got to dance with professional dancers on a team, which if I had gotten into dance earlier, I definitely would have pursued it as a career. But I got into it a little late in life and, you know, I had already kind of had my path figured out a little bit. And I was just honestly a little scared to jump into it. I was like, I don't have the guts to just change my whole plan this late in life. So I'll just keep dance as a hobby. But as long as I can have it, then I'm okay because it's awesome. And that's the thing that I love about it. You can do it anytime. And I think that's why it helped me so much in college too. It's a great stress reliever for me. It helped calm me down if I ever just felt anxious or nervous about something, just not in a good mood. I could turn on some music and dance. Even if I wasn't doing choreo, I could just vibe, you know, makes me feel good. So I really needed that to help me. And my college journey in general, you know, was really up and down. It took me seven years to finish. And in there I had a year and a half break, but I danced the whole time. That was, that was always there. It was like the one constant that I had at the end of the day. When I had I did an internship. Lucky enough, I got an internship in Los Angeles, which is like the hub for hip hop dance. So I got to like be in that city immersed in dance. I didn't get to dance as much as I would have liked there because Los Angeles, California is an expensive city and getting around is not easy on a budget. So I didn't get to take too many classes, but being around those people, seeing how life is for dancers, it was such a great experience. It was so awesome and so much fun very eye-opening it's a very different pace of life from indiana out there it's yeah way faster the people are very different also at 22 i feel like i was like 12 standing next to an 18 year old in california just because it seemed like that 18 year old had lived so much life yeah <laughs> did you take class of chi millie all the studios out there are really spread out 
YouTube and everything makes it seem like the dance community out there is so much tighter than it actually is. Everything Uh is really spread out. So like getting to the studios was the hard part. I went to Playground. Playground was the easiest one to access, honestly, because it's the closest to Hollywood, to actual Hollywood Boulevard. It's really, really close and you can get there taking the metro. But Millennium, super hard to get to. It's really far north into Hollywood. And that's also where I'm a Beast is. I didn't make it to that Mm -hmm. one. The Kinja Studio, they're all like really north in Hollywood and the public transit doesn't go that far. Oh. Yeah. I would take a 45 minute metro ride from my apartment to the end of the line in North Hollywood and then I would take a bus like 25 minutes to the Millennium Studio. Wow. So I commuted like an hour and a half and I lived in the city. And then, you know, I had to pay then 20 bucks to take the class. Yeah. I only got to take five, but those five classes were great. And I got to see some awesome studios. I took JoJo's class and I freaking love her. So that was amazing. My first class was JoJo Gomez and CJ Salvador. And it was so great. Yes. Oh, cool. It was to 50 cents just a little bit. And Jade took that class and I met Jade Chenoweth and I almost cried. <laughs> oh my gosh. I took Hamilton Evans class, Hollywood. Oh, and then of course the infamous Aaliyah Janelle. She is my everything. She is my heels choreographer and she got me wow. into that world. Whew. Yes. It was awesome though. That was the high of my college experience. Definitely was that internship in LA and then funny enough when I got back that was the lowest point of my college experience because naturally after 10 months off of school and working and living in LA my grades were not great that semester I got back so I was actually dismissed from Purdue because of my GPA and they forced me to sit out so yeah at Purdue if they feel like you're not performing well enough academically they'll tell you we think you need to take a break you need to sit down and reevaluate things. And it's really stressful because the only way to get back into Purdue, you either wait five years or you take classes at another school for a semester and you have to get a good GPA and then prove yourself. Wow. Or you can like appeal it. I waited a year and a half. I spent that time thinking a lot. I worked for a year and then I danced a lot, just like focused on myself. And I spent a lot of time talking to my academic advisor and one of the professors from my program who knew me really well and I was like all right I want to get back in I need to figure it out so I just waited three semesters figured it all out and then I reapplied and filed an appeal and I got a letter of recommendation and I got back in luckily and I was like wow Oh, but actually I kind of went through a loophole. I applied to Purdue Fort Wayne, which is a different campus. So I got in because I was a fresh student there because they also don't have my program. So, I mean, my grades came, but I was technically a freshman just with a whole bunch of credits. I busted my butt last spring at PFW and pulled out a 3.6 and I got back into Purdue Lafayette just to graduate. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I was like, I refused to not graduate graduate from my campus. That, that was my yeah. thing. When I decided to finish school, I was like, you know, I spent five years at Purdue. That's my campus.
campus. I'm not going anywhere else just to finish. I had six classes left to finish. That was it. First of all, it'd be stupid not to finish. Second of all, it would be stupid not to finish it at Purdue where I started. Especially in the field I'm in, I studied construction management. So like a degree like that just doesn't look as good coming from somewhere else. And especially when you say, well, you spent the first five years at Purdue. Why didn't you finish there? Yeah. Because I just decided to give up. I didn't like that. So yeah, I got back in. And yes, I finished this year with the best GPA I have ever had in my life, not even just in college. Like I had a better GPA this last semester than I even did in high school. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, so it was very up and down my college experience but dance was that constant there that helped get me through and keep me grounded when I felt like I didn't have anything else yeah so when you were in LA what internship were you doing in LA were you working in construction or what yeah so that was actually It was the second year I had transferred into the construction management program. So I got an internship as a field engineer. I was actually working for the real estate developer on the job, but they had their own construction division. So my supervisor was like in charge of the whole project and I was his intern. So that was supposed to just be a summer internship. Actually, I got there in May. It was supposed to end in August and I loved it so much. I was talking to my supervisor and I was like, I don't want to (laughs) leave. I was like, I really want to stay because at Purdue for construction majors, we have to do 800 work hours to get your degree. It's part of the requirement. And that's essentially two full summer internships. I was already three years into my program. I only had one more summer after that year. And I was like, I really don't want to do a whole nother internship on a different job site and, you know, just do the same stuff. Start basically where I started. I wanted to keep building on what I was learning. And I got really lucky out of the hundred interns my company had, I was the only one they had in Los Angeles. Wow. And so the HR department was like, as long as you don't tell anybody, because technically they didn't offer spring or fall internships at all. But my supervisor and the HR people liked me so much, they terminated me in August and then rehired me through a temp agency and let me stay for the whole semester. Wow. Did that allow you to fulfill all the hours that you Mm -hmm. needed to do? Yep. So I got all my work requirements and one clean sweep and I got to really build on my experience. Experience. So I got a lot of really good experience and then I came back and ruined it with bad grades. <laughs> mm. But yeah, and that was yeah. honestly part of my motivation to go back to school. My supervisor, when I asked him about staying, we sat down and talked and I knew his story. He, you know, started in construction and then decided to go to school, got an internship, and then he got a job straight from that internship and didn't finish. And then he went back to school 20 years later to do his last two semesters. And he was like, you know, taking a break that long and going back is really hard. So he was like, if I let you stay, you have to promise me you're going to go back and graduate. He was like, not in 10 years, you're going to go back and you're going to finish. That's the only way I'll let you stay. And I was like, I promise, Rory, if you let me stay, I will graduate. So yeah, the year I was off, I was just thinking about him and other things. And it wasn't necessarily like letting other people down, but I was like, you know, I made a promise. And the only reason I got that amazing experience is based on a promise that I made. And I didn't like that I wasn't fulfilling my half of the deal. His half was I get to stay and get my experience. My half was okay. I graduate and then get a good job and use the experience. Yeah. I was like, I have to do it. I have to go back and I have to finish. And I actually... 
I know I'm late because I graduated a month ago. I have an announcement addressed to him on my desk that I need to mail this weekend. And I wrote a letter. Oh my gosh. I don't have his address, but I still know the job, you know, and he still works there. So I'm going to send it to the office and attention it to him. Let him know. It took longer than I thought, but I did it. But I did it. (laughs) It stuck with me and that was a big motivator. I was like, I I don't want to be those people who just got stuck. Yeah. Myself turning into and I didn't like it. Wow, that's awesome that stuck with you. And he was like your coach. It's funny because honestly, he was so busy. He really wasn't that hands-on. But I don't know. I feel like that's part of what made his words stick with me because this man was, it was his first big project as a senior construction manager. So for him, it was a lot of stress. He did have an intern the summer before and he had told me, you know, she wasn't as helpful as he thought. She didn't do things that he asked her to do. He was like, you know, part of the problem was she didn't ask me questions. So he was asking her to do stuff that he thought she knew how to do. And if she didn't know how to do it, she wouldn't say anything. I made sure I asked him questions if I wasn't sure of what was going on. I asked a lot of clarifying stuff. So I didn't bug him, you know, but I definitely went to him for a lot of advice. And even during my internship at one point, the company, they reimbursed me for rent every month, which is nice. Cause like, okay, I was getting 19 an hour, but living in Los Angeles, that's nothing. My rent was 1500 a month for a one bedroom. <laughs> Wow. So yeah. And they reimbursed me a thousand, but I had to pay it at first. So I was literally living paycheck to paycheck. And one month I did not have the money for rent. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm kind of freaking out. My supervisor paid my rent for me. And then he was like, when you get the reimbursement check from the company, just send it to us via quick pay. And I was oh like, my God. So it's like, I really felt like he was my work uncle, basically. Like, he felt like family. Yeah. So yeah. His, his words have stuck with me this whole time. He really made sure I was okay and took care of me. And even though he was busy, he always went out of his way to see how I was. But yeah, no, oh, he, he was awesome. And that experience was amazing. You mentioned that there was a professor that you were really close with at Purdue. Were they the person that wrote you the recommendation letter to help get you back in and appeal your case at Purdue? So the professor at Purdue, he is the one that helped me find all the courses I needed because that was was really hard. The construction management program at Purdue is very specific and there's honestly probably less than like 30 construction management programs in the country at colleges. So it's really small program and hard to get into. So he's the one that was like, you know, they have to meet these requirements. So I was looking up courses and sending him the syllabi and asking him. So that was how he helped me. And he was communicating with my advisor, letting her know which credits I needed and everything. But then it was actually, so I misspoke, my professor from PFW in one of my courses. I got really close with her during the semester in her class. It was a class I was retaking from main campus because I didn't pass it. And so I really wanted to do well. That was one of the things I did different this year. I made sure I was present in class as in being active, making sure the professors knew who I was because I never did that before. And she and I, yeah, I talked to her a lot before and after class. She's the one I reached out to and asked for a recommendation. And then also my comm professor, because I had to take an upper level communications course. And that class was really small. There were only nine of us, 10 of us, I think. And then, you know, when 
when COVID happened, everything switched to virtual in the spring semester. But being a comm class, we had to still meet via video. And yeah, she, I would stay after and talk to her too. And we had a lot of sidebars. So those two professors, they are the two that wrote me my recommendations. They were more than happy to do it. They really knew who I was. They were like, you know, Amherst is a transfer, but she's going to graduate from Lafayette. She's just here to get her credits done. So they really knew what was going on with me. And they were really happy to help me get that accomplished because I was so nervous because even if I had good grades, Purdue very easily could have been like, nah, you still can't get your degree here. They could have very well declined me just because I did not perform well those first four years I was there. I definitely didn't do bad, but it was very average, kind of subpar. I I very much went by that C's get degrees (laughs) as a freshman sophomore. Don't do that, people. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that remained true throughout all those years was dance, which yes. is so exciting. First of all, I didn't know that you were commuting to Chicago. Gosh, that was crazy. Dude, like dance. that semester was wild, but it wow. was awesome. Mm-hmm. The well, team was called Jig Nation and we were fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> we performed at Urbanite. You can find it on YouTube. I went to Urbanite to watch Urbanite mm-hmm. like two different years for people listening, Urbanite, <laughs> wait, do you remember the location it was at in Chicago? What was the name of the theater? The Metro. The Metro. I'll describe my experience as a goer. Oh, good. Oh, this will <laughs> be interesting for me. So it's like another world, but it's a world that I love. There's no chairs in this theater. <laughs> you go, there's a stage. And then the people there watching, you're supposed to stand. And the idea is that when people aren't performing, everyone in the audience is <laughs> dancing, like whipping out the moves that they it's never It's like even a party and a show all in one. Yeah. And literally like people in the audience were dancing and certain songs would come on and I would whip out all these moves that I didn't even know. <laughs> I'd start dancing and do all these moves and be done and be like, oh my God, <laughs> like I didn't even know I, <laughs> where did that how come did I from? Just, yeah. Like, how did I think of all these moves? Like what's happening? <laughs> it was just like, took me to a whole other world. Yeah, and I was like, freestyler, Allie. I yeah, don't I was, have that gift. Oh my goodness. If you saw me in a freestyle circle, you would think I did not know how to dance at all. You would think I had two left feet. Some people there are insane freestylers. Amazing. So what was it like for you, though, on the performance side? Yeah. As a performer, Urbanite is like the most stressful yet excitingly anticipated day of the whole semester. Because there's two. There's a fall Urbanite and a spring Urbanite. So it started at UIUC. The team I talked about, Dance 2XS, 2XS actually started at University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. So they host Urbanite once a year because it's their corporation, their club and everything. It's a super long day. First of all, it's a whole weekend thing. We drive there on Friday to the city that it's in, either Urbana or Chicago. We drive Friday evening and Friday there's usually a mixer. So that's always fun. Break the ice. It's for all the dancers. That's the best part, honestly, is the night before because they always, of course, book out a couple blocks of hotel rooms. So you just get them for your team. So all the teams stay together in one hotel. They have big banners and stuff. The hotel knows it's Urbanite weekend. So you feel like a celebrity almost. You show up to the hotel and you're like, oh, 
oh, there's a banner for the show I'm performing in tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you feel super cool. You get your wristband. You know, you walk up to the desk and you're like, we're with this team. And they're like, okay, there's your room. Everything's ready for you. You just feel VIP, even though you definitely paid for those rooms. And also love my team, but to Access Purdue, we are very cheap, you know, because we're broke college kids and we didn't get a lot of funding. So we would get like two rooms for the whole team. That's like 14 people in a room, which is Whoa. definitely against the rules. And the rule of thumb was drivers get the beds. So I always drove. That made it fun also because we were really close knit. It was honestly like our high school team. We're really close. So yeah, 14 of us in a hotel room. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so we get there Friday, you check in and then you get ready. There's the mixer, which is super fun. Saturday, whoo, it is a whole day ordeal. Tech rehearsal usually starts at eight. It's like eight to noon and each team gets a 10 minute block. So wherever your 10 minute block falls, that's what determines how early you're getting up Saturday. Early is hard because you were out the night before at the mixer and you're super tired and don't want to get up at 730 because you didn't go to bed until four. That's the other thing. Even though we have a performance, oh, we definitely stay up all night in the hotel in the hallways we've gotten in trouble before managers have had to come tell us to be quiet if your tech rehearsal is the last one that's the most stressful because after tech rehearsal ends there's usually about three hours that you have for lunch and getting ready and then dress rehearsal and we do a full-on dress rehearsal and dress rehearsal for us, and this is why the show probably seems so wild for you as a watcher, dress rehearsal is more important than the show for the dancers. Really? Because dress rehearsal determines the order of the show. Oh, that's right. And because the founder of 2XS is at Urbanite every year, but by the time the show starts, they're usually pretty intoxicated and they're not paying attention. So you want to impress them as a 2XS team. So we put a lot of pressure on the dress rehearsal because we're like, we have to impress them because 2XS, it's a privilege. If you don't uphold the 2XS name, you can be removed from that campus. Our oh, team wow. for a while was kind of on the verge of not being a 2XS team because we were not doing great. So yeah, it's way more important. Dress rehearsal is really stressful. After dress rehearsal, it's pretty chill. Honestly, dress rehearsal, we usually don't leave the event place after that. It's like, you know, wait for your turn to perform. And then, okay, then is the parking garage turn up. Because as soon as we would get off stage, everybody grab your coat. We're going to the parking garage. <laughs> we don't yeah. even watch the rest of the show. Honestly, the dancers don't watch the other performances during the actual show. Because we already saw the host show at dress rehearsal. At what point, I guess I'm assuming that during your time on 2XS, that's when you started choreographing. Mm -hmm. Were you collaborating? I guess that's how 2XS is. All the dancers yeah. choreograph it. So it kind of is like that. The way 2XS works, everybody's allowed to make choreography. You show your choreo on showing day. And then as a team, we vote on which dances we want to learn. So not everybody's like making them together. Individuals or groups, you can make them however you want. But then the team is voting which, you know, five or six pieces they actually want to put together to make a set. So oh. that's how they do it. And then, so my friend that I mentioned earlier, Benny, the one who I went to the call outs with, she is an amazing dancer. It's in her blood. She's just got it naturally. She did ballet when she was younger and everything. So Benny is amazing at choreo. And our first year on 2XS, she actually made a piece for the Urbanite set. 
she wanted my help, quote unquote. And I was like, Benny, I don't know how to make choreography, but I will assist you. So that was my first time like assisting someone with choreography. So we call that piece 95% Benny, 5% Amorous. Maybe that's being generous to me, honestly. And that's what I just kind of latched on to her. So I started collaborating with Benny whenever she made choreo. I was her helper because then she actually started another team at Purdue called Afro Royale, the Afrobeat team. That's what she founded because she's Nigerian. So her and one of her friends started that team. And I started helping with that too, because I joined Afro Royale. So I started learning like Afrobeat and incorporating that into hip hop. And that's what helped me because I always said I wasn't good at making choreo or freestyling because I felt like my dance vocabulary was not very big. And I feel like a lot of people don't think about that when they think of dance, but like dance is a language just with your body. There's a vocabulary. So like there's technical dance, there's jazz, there's hip hop. All of those are different vocabularies to me, different, you know, languages of dance. I didn't know any. I only knew hip hop. I was not very versatile and I felt like I didn't know what to do with my arms, what to do with my legs. So yeah, learning other styles helped improve my dance vocabulary and then feeding off of someone else's energy. So actually that first piece Benny made for Urbanite was the very first piece I ever made for our high school dance team. It was the girls piece from our Urbanite set and Anne reached out to me and was like, we need to dance. Would you want to do it? And I was like, uh, I don't really know what to do, but my friend Benny made this dance that's really cute. And so I sent it to her and she was like, love it, you know, just tweak it, make it a little more appropriate, use the full song and we'll be good. And I was like, okay. So that is where I really kind of helped more because we had to make a 30 second piece into a minute and a half. So that was the first time I ever choreographed for the high school team. And then it went from there. Benny helped me with one other. But then after that, I was choreographing for the high school team by myself. And I found that a lot easier because, you know, high school performance is way more cookie cutter. (laughs) It's easier. Yeah. You know, throw a couple side steps, some smiles, a spin here and there, lots of booty popping and you're good. Yeah. So that was really what helped me with getting more comfortable with choreographing and feeling more confident. I was like, high school dance is where I started. That's my bread and butter. I can do that in my sleep. So that, yeah. and that's where it started. And then my second year on 2XS, I made my first solo piece for Urbanite. Again, I don't know why Urbanite is like, it was just gave me life. That was the first piece I ever made by myself. It was to Ass Drop by Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I made that piece. I was just like listening to the song. I was probably drinking a little wine and I was feeling good in my apartment. Nobody was home and I just got up and started dancing. And I was like, oh, that was cool. Let me play that again. And I started the song over and I did it again. And I was like, ooh, let me keep going. And I put that song on repeat and I probably danced to it for like an hour. And then I was like, I'm making choreo. I'm gonna put it together and make something. That was the first time I ever made a piece. And for the longest, that was the only way I could choreograph. I always said I had to tap into my creative juices. So the wine yeah. helped, you know, loosen me up a little, get me flowing, feeling yeah. good. And I finally got to a point where now I can, you know, make choreo in the right mind. But it took a <laughs> while because I just, I don't know. I also think that you are your own biggest critic. Everybody is their own biggest critic. So I get too much in my head and I like can't even let myself just be free and do what I want because I'm constantly critiquing myself 
myself and judging myself the wine helped me to not do that and get more comfortable and now I'm like yeah I don't care what I look like that was ridiculous for 35 seconds but that 10 seconds after looked really cool yeah (laughs) and then you just gotta hold on to that 10 seconds and eventually it'll turn into something yeah after high school well I decided I was going to Purdue and really honestly my decision to go to Purdue was based on the fact that I was like okay yeah I'm gonna join the Purdue dance team really yeah I get to tryouts and prior to me trying out the Mm -hmm. focus of the team was hip-hop and then I get to the tryouts and the focus is more like jazz and in the tryouts you have to do all these turns and what tays when your leg goes out yeah in and out I couldn't do it. It was too much and I didn't make it. And it was so crazy. It was a few things that were crazy. (laughs) One, me going, expecting hip hop and not getting hip hop. Right. Just not being able to do all these turns. Yeah. (laughs) Like I could do everything else. I just could not freaking turn. But also everyone in our high school kind of knew that I was trying out for the Purdue dance team. And so I just remember going back to school the day after after I got back from tryouts and everyone's asking me like, how was it? Did you make it? And I had to tell everyone, no. And you're like, this is terrible. I know it was so like, Oh, that's like like, heart wrenching -wrenching. in that moment. There's so much buildup to it and you've got these expectations and then you're like, what? Yeah. It felt like everyone else had all these expectations too. So it was totally like getting the wind knocked out of me Right. So after high school, I kind of stopped dancing. And so when you're talking about using dance as a stress mm-hmm. reliever, after years of not having dance in my life, that's how I got through high school, you know, yeah. was, and middle school was dance any emotions that I couldn't express, I could Mm -hmm. express it on the dance floor. And so it's just been interesting, like not having dance in my life. I'm still trying to figure out how to find stress relievers. Right. Find another outlet. Yeah. And I think dance will always be that outlet for me. So that's why I love just watching you from the sidelines because just seeing you go from high school to where you're at now and getting all this dance experience in literally like in Chicago and LA and like (laughs) Like it's such a short amount of time too and I never would have seen any of that coming ever literally 14 year old me would have been like dance is not a sport and I would never do that I'm an athlete and now here I am like yeah I am an athlete and I dance and it's really hard yeah it's hard like dance uses so many muscles I was a swimmer I played soccer I played basketball I did tennis I ran track like I did every sport you can think of dances up there as one of the tough ones I have hurt muscles I didn't know I could hurt yeah I've strengthened muscles I didn't know could be strengthened I've done things I didn't know my body could do it's crazy and you feel emotions sometimes I feel like you didn't know you could feel I don't know yeah like certain dances will hit you in a certain way and you're like whoa I didn't even realize I felt that way right now okay let me let me sit here and express myself and that's to me I think is my favorite part is when a choreography like speaks to your soul yeah it it can connect to anybody and I think that's what I love so much about dance it is universal and anybody of any age any gender any race anywhere in the world can relate to it 
depending on the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. And it can be an outlet for everyone. Totally. In the past eight years or so, I've maybe gone to like five dance classes. I went to a couple in Chicago. Okay, maybe I've done less than five. (laughs) I I went to a couple in Chicago, but kind of like how you were talking about with dance in LA, you had to take the metro to the bus to get to the studio. And that's how it was in Chicago too. And so I went a couple times and then recently going to your class, the Mm -hmm. intensive, I mean, I hadn't danced in like a year and that was amazing. I was literally so happy you were there. When I tell you, I was freaking out. Oh my gosh. I was so excited. I was like, this is not real life. (laughs) (laughs) Allie Buzz is at my class. First of all, I'm teaching a class. When we were talking before the class, Mm -hmm. you said that was going to be your first class that you were teaching. What was it like for you? Oh my goodness. It was a wild experience. First of all, shout out to Zyphos. When I lived at home for a year, I joined another team in Indy, Zyphos Corps. That was kind of hard because I was living in Zionsville and had to commute downtown for practice. So it was like 35, 40 minutes, which is rough. But that team is also amazing. Honestly, like the vibe of them. I told them, I was like, you feel like to excess. Like it feels like a home. It's a family. Absolutely love them to death. And I was really sad when I moved away and couldn't be on the team anymore. But they were the ones who reached out to me and they were like, we're doing an intensive and we want you to teach. And I was like, no because I'd filled out this little you know google doc or whatever expressing interest but I was like I'm not a teacher what are the odds they're even going to ask me and then they did and I was like this is not real life I was like okay I gotta figure out what I'm gonna teach you because once I know I have to teach then I start freaking out mentally my anxiety kicks in and my brain's like okay well you don't even know any songs and I'm like yes I do calm down So it was really, I was stressed at first because honestly, finding a song is the hardest part for me because if I'm not feeling it, there's no choreo happening. I'll do some choreo I already know to that song, but I can't make up anything. So that was really stressful because I did not have a song cut and nailed down until the week of my class. Wow. Like I had picked a song and I thought I knew what I wanted to do and I was working on it. It just wasn't coming together. I wasn't liking it. It just didn't feel right. The cut of the music was kind of funny and I didn't like the way the moves were going. And I think like three days before I changed everything. I like recut the music. Yes. I literally, I (laughs) texted my boyfriend and I was like, so I think I'm changing my song and I just changed half my choreo and he was like what I was like yeah I'm gonna be at campus a little longer today (laughs) I like found the weight room at PFW then I found some mirrors and I was like I'm just gonna have to make this work which is also a big hurdle for me because they didn't have a dance room so I just had to dance in the free weight room super stressful to just dance in a room where people are working out and I'm like please don't look at me I also look ridiculous because I'm not even doing full choreo right now I was honestly freaking out until I started teaching like I was even freaking out outside when you got there that's what I was doing I was practicing in front of the windows the whole hour before my class because I was just nervous that's just me I get so nervous before but then I feel fine when it starts and that's always how I've been before in a swim meet or a soccer game anything I freak out and then my body's like we got this. So yeah. like, as soon as the class started, I was like, okay, I can do this. I've been teaching my high school babies. So and that's what in my head, I was like, just think of it like you're teaching the high school babies. Yeah. Once it started, and you know how the dance community is, everybody's so inviting and 
welcoming. So the vibe of the room just came together and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. You just have to break the ice, really. As the instructor, I felt like letting everyone else know, okay, I'm kind of nervous and I'm freaking out a little bit, but we're just going to have fun and go with it. I feel like that helps set the tone and it helps everyone else's nerves calm also. And then feeling everyone else calm down helped me calm down even more. Hey, I did not even notice that. I mean, you told me before that you're, it's like your first time, but truly you got up there and you're like, all right, so first step, here we go. I feel like I teach really fast. So that was probably my biggest concern. I didn't want to like overwhelm everybody and go through it like, because I knew I was on a time crunch. Yeah. And I guess I forget that it was my first class, but it wasn't my first time teaching dance. And that's what I forget. Aside from my dance babies, I choreographed for 2XS and I had to teach the whole team the dance. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. And the team was bigger than the people. There were like 20 people in my class and our team had like 40. So I was teaching those people every semester for five years but then I get a class and all of a sudden I'm like (gasps) but I think part of it was because there were people there I didn't know that's what it was so like I relied heavily on the corners like you're a little corner and then the opposite corner where my friends from Chicago came I was like okay those are my two homes and if I feel nervous (laughs) I'm just gonna look at those people It was an intensive class you were teaching too. So I I felt like the speed of it made sense because theoretically, like the people there know what they're in for. I agree. That helped. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was the final class of the night too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, So I was like, everybody's been here. They know what this is. They're ready to get the last class going. And I also knew that the choreo was fun. And when the choreo is fun, it makes it easier to learn, even if you're going quicker. Yeah. I just make fun choreography. You're still choreographing for our high school team too, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. What's been like the most interesting part of going back and choreographing for a team that you used to be on, but now has younger girls on it? Definitely in the beginning, the weirdest part was teaching people that I danced with. Think about it. Those first two years I coached them or taught, there were still girls on the team from when I was there. Then when all those girls graduated, then I really felt old. But after that, honestly, then it just became so much fun. Oh, I loved going to see them. I got all the girls like numbers. We had group texts and I'd let them know, hey, I'm teaching. Let me know if you have song requests. And I'd try to work in their requests if I could. We had little fun jokes. It was really fun to be on the other side of our dance team. But I also still felt connected to them. And I still do. I'm like, those are my dance babies. That's so fun. It was so fun. I'm like, honestly, and that, I feel like it's something that it's so easy to get into. Easier than taking a dance class. And it's just as fun. I was telling my boyfriend, actually, I said, when we figure out what city we want to settle down in, that's something I would want to do is be like an assistant coach for a team or a choreographer for a high school team or something. I love that vibe. And I really want to go to competitions again. (laughs) I just really want to be at a dance competition. So what better way to do it than be a coach? That would be so fun. Like, I'm like, go ahead. You're thinking about it. Do it. Just a part-time job. It's only a couple days a week after work. Yeah. And it's like your creative expression. Exactly. So it's like you're getting an outlet, but you're getting paid to do it, which makes it even better. Like getting paid to do something you love is always going to be better than, you know, working a job you hate. 
especially doing it in a new city, that'd be a way for you to meet people too. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I think I really like about dance too. I feel more comfortable around dancers I don't know than being in like a room full of just regular people I don't know. I guess it's because I feel like we automatically have at least one thing in common and I know that it's dance. It's like if I can't talk to you about anything else, I can talk to you about dance and that's good enough for me. We have a base. Yeah. And there's so many avenues. Right. And like, that's such a broad base to have too. We can go anywhere with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you recently graduated, you graduated Mm -hmm. in December, which congratulations. That is amazing. I know everyone's rooting for you and we always are. So it was great to see you. I remember seeing your Instagram post and being like, yay. Oh my (laughs) goodness. That day was so emotional. What's awesome is that, so obviously I graduated in the COVID year, which was terrible because I didn't get to actually have a graduation, which after seven years, when I tell you, I was looking forward to walking across that stage so much and I knew it was going to happen. But when they sent the email out in September saying there was no commencement, I literally just started crying. My boyfriend was like, what's wrong? What happened? And I was like, well, it's official. There's no commencement. I don't get to walk. I was like seven years and I don't even get to have my moment of celebration. Like That was how I felt. And then he was like, I know it's sad, but quit being ridiculous like you're graduating. And I was like, okay, you're right. Let me chill and stop moping because I'm still graduating. But my family, oh my gosh, they're so awesome. They put together a mini graduation ceremony. One of the girls from my church who I've known my whole life, she also graduated from Purdue in December. Our two families planned a little ceremony and like one of the ladies from our church graduated from Purdue. So she was the speaker, quote unquote, and she had her other friends who are successful females in engineering just give words of advice. So she did like six tips from her and her friends for us. So that was awesome. And my grandparents spoke and her family spoke and everything. And then we got to walk across the stage and our diplomas were handed to us. And then we got to walk out to Hale Purdue. So like we still had a whole little mini ceremony. It was like maybe 30 minutes. It was exactly what I needed. There were so many emotions. I was bawling. My mom and dad got up to talk. So in our immediate family, I'm first graduate. Neither of my parents graduated because they had me. So it was like a huge thing. And my mom was in tears. She couldn't even talk. She gets up to the mic and all you hear is, <laughs> and everybody starts laughing. I have only seen my dad cry like three times ever. And that was the third time. First time was when he dropped me off at Purdue my freshman year. I saw him cry as he walked out of my dorm room. And then I started crying by myself in my dorm room when he left because he was trying to run away so I wouldn't see. But I saw it as he walked out of the room and I called my mom and I was like, daddy's crying and he just left and now I'm crying. (laughs) She was like, his little girl's growing up. So it was like one of those moments again where both of them were like, oh my gosh. And then I was crying. Yeah, it was very intense. But also it's because I went out on such a high like I told you I finished with the highest GPA I've ever had in my school career high school and college so it was like a huge huge accomplishment it was great it's yeah. so good. I got my diploma yesterday, actually. Yeah. Because since I graduated from another campus, mine was on hold for 30 days, which is annoying. So I was like, I know I finished, but it's still not official. But you got it. And now it's yes. now it's 
solidified. Yes, it is solidified, and I did it, and it was just, yeah. The journey was definitely rough, you know. I was like, what did I say? My Instagram, I was like, seven years, a year and a half off. I did my one internship, but I did it at the end of the day. That was the biggest thing that I had to get over. I had to stop comparing myself to everyone else because as I had that time off, I just watched everyone I started school with was finishing and moving on with life. And I felt like I was getting left behind. And so I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, everybody else is moving on and I'm still stuck in a rut. I just had to snap myself out of it. I was like, what are you doing? I am not those people. So it doesn't matter what they're doing. My journey is my journey and no one else's. Sometimes it takes people 10 years or 20 years to finish. Sometimes I finish in three. Took me seven and that's okay. It's my story and I did it. And that's all that matters. Totally. Now that you've graduated, what are you up to now or what's next? Currently, I just work from home because, you know, pandemic, trying to stay safe. But I am job searching, trying to find a job as a field engineer so I can get back into the construction industry, start my career. My end goal, I would like to be a superintendent. I love being on the job site. Absolutely love it. It's my favorite part of my field. So that's what I'm trying to do. I've been putting out a lot of applications mostly aside from working. And then I haven't been able to dance for like six weeks because I had a bunion and I had to have bunion surgery in December. (laughs) It actually happened at the beginning of the pandemic. It was April of last year when it flared up really bad and I couldn't walk for like a week and I was freaking out. And my mom was like, we should get that taken care of before you're not on my insurance anymore. And I was like, you're totally right. The day after I took my last final exam, I went and had my foot surgery. And then I just got permission to start wearing shoes last week. So I'm walking again, but I won't be back to 100% probably for at least another month. But in the meantime, I've been making lots of TikToks and that's how I get my dance fix for the day. Honestly, I have become engulfed in the world of TikTok these days and I am okay with it. I still get to do what I like because, you know, I can do a quick 30 second TikTok dance without hurting my foot. I can't get up and learn an entire routine, though. Like, (laughs) that's just not going to happen. But I can learn these quick little, you know, trendy dances. Well, to learn them, (laughs) though, you just have to watch the TikTok over and over and over. Yeah. So that's a big question I got from people when I started posting all those dance videos on my Instagram. They were like, where are you learning this choreo in my living room? That is probably one of the only times I'll say I have a gift. I can watch somebody do something and learn it that's how it's like I played piano my whole life I can read sheet music but I'm not good at it but if I sit next to you and watch you play I can play what you're playing and that's how I am with dance so I just started and my biggest thing is people would be like but you're not mirroring them and I'm like yeah because I figure it out I don't like doing the opposite so I would take the time to watch the dance and get it right it's like I just got used to it and now I can watch a YouTube video over and over like six or seven times I'll get the gist of it that easily and then I'll pretty much know it in my head and I just have to start doing it and then it probably takes me an hour of actually getting the muscle memory into my body and then it goes from there and then just getting it good for performance and that's what takes a while I'll take like seven videos before I post the one on Instagram yeah that's I love it and you know being broke and being in a city where there's not a lot of hip-hop dance this city is pretty dead for hip-hop honestly up here so that's how I get it. I just watch my videos and learn them for free. Yeah. I know you guys are planning on moving somewhere else to another state. 
out. <laughs> but I cannot wait to see <laughs> what you do with dance. Because, Something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing to see what you do with your career in the professional in sense, but mm-hmm. also in the dance sense. So Yeah, because I've talked about with my boyfriend and like, end end goals for like what are we what do we want to do where do we want to be in 20 years and I've always since I got into construction this thing has stuck with me and it might end up happening so you're hearing it here a dance studio maybe one day oh amazing and I oh it's funny because for the longest I was like I don't want to choreograph I hate choreographing because it was so hard for me well that's the thing once you get used to something and it's not as hard you know you're a little more open to it and I'm like I get to use both my careers. If I get to build and design my own studio, that's awesome. And then there's all my money. I now own a dance studio and I am a dance studio owner and I can hire who I want and teach the classes that I want and do what I want with it. I literally built my own job and now I'm my own boss. Yeah. And will you teach adult classes too? um, Absolutely. Because, you know, I can't teach the little kids the raunchy stuff. I don't want moms coming after me, okay? (laughs) you'll just teach the moms (laughs) yes I'll have my tiny tots and then we'll have our after hours dance classes (laughs) with heels oh yes yeah yeah that's the hard part to find an adult class it's like you have to be in a city where dance is like a big thing Chicago LA New York (laughs) honestly being in those big cities can be very intimidating if you're not like ready to immerse yourself in that life I mean, even just like watching the YouTube videos, there's so many people in the class and in the room and it's like, how do you stand out? Cause it's like, you want to go to the class and you want to learn it, but you also want to stand out Mm -hmm. while doing the choreo. And then I will say, and I'm not gonna, I won't name the choreographer one because I don't remember their name, which says something about them. But I did take one class that I absolutely hated in LA. I didn't not enjoy the class it was cool it was fun it was very high energy but it was not the class and how the people did it was let's make really good groups for the youtube video and so out of the hour 15 minute class we probably spent 20 minutes on groups making a video and then i feel good i get picked to be in a group get to go in i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna be in one of the youtube videos from the millennium studio omg don't you know i messed up one move And he called me out on it in front of everyone. It made me feel terrible and embarrassed. And he literally said, after my group went, I knew I had messed up. It wasn't a huge mistake, but it did mess up. I was in the second row though. So it's like, oh, it's whatever. People mess up. It's a dance. Do you know the next group? He goes, okay, who else wants to go? He was like, who's confident they're not going to mess up? Oh no. And I wanted to curl up in a ball and cry. It was the worst feeling ever. And that's the only thing some of the teachers in those cities, that's all they care about is how they look in the video at the end of it. Yeah. Anyone in those classes, it's likely going to be the first time that they're learning the choreo. So it's like, why would you make people feel bad about that? And like other teachers, they don't care. They make the video and they're like, yeah, if you mess up, keep going. Who cares? Those are the teachers that are there to teach you. The other ones are there for the show. They're there for the name and to be famous. And they don't care about teaching and grooming people. Yeah. That was the only thing. I'd say about the dance scene in LA there's a lot of those people 
Well, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, this was so much fun. This was fun. Where can people connect with you if they're listening and they're like, oh yeah, I want to connect with her? Oh, well, of course you can follow my Instagram. It is at amaretto, amma.retto. You got to be very careful. There is a period between those words because amaretto was already taken. All my dance videos are hashtag amaretto with the fro. I, yes, I made my own hashtag when I started posting my dance videos because I wanted to be able to find my own. And then that's my same handle on TikTok, Emma.Retto. Yeah, that's really all I am. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you all so much. By the way, there's another one of our high school dance teammates that was featured on the Company Wiki podcast. Her name is Grace Coffey, and she's featured on episode six of this season, season one. Go take a listen. It's a great episode. As always, feel free to reach out to us via email at thecompanywekeeppodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at underscore thecompanywekeep. 